Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 187 and we're talking about Moine Village in Vietnam. Before we get started though, can I point you to IndieTravelPodcast.com? It's a perfectly (laughs) wonderful website, you should really go there. (laughs) We are currently running a poll which you'll be able to find uh, linked on the homepage which asks what, uh, what products you want us to create, what you want us to focus on and most especially what you might buy from us if we create it. So please head there, IndieTravelPodcast.com, have a look on the homepage and you'll see the poll coming up. So what have we been up to this week? Well, on Tuesday there was another really big earthquake in Christchurch, which is the second biggest city in New Zealand. We're in Auckland at the moment. And that has kind of coloured our entire week really, hasn't it? Yeah, it sure has. It hit about lunchtime on Tuesday, so it was really early in the week. And that was Tuesday kind of over. Yeah, it was it was shocking. Um, I was at work and I got an email from Craig when I came out of work saying, can you see my, my parents' phone numbers? I need to call them immediately. And he'd already been trying to call their home number. And I was just so stressed about it. I looked on the internet to see what was going on. And, you know, it was something like 6.3 on the Richter scale, which isn't as bad as the one that happened last September. But it was really shallow and centred much closer to the centre of Christchurch. So... Unlike the last one, which um, and there were no deaths, this time the death toll is uh, steadily rising and it looks like this might be New Zealand's worst, worst disaster, so we're not very, not very happy about that. No, but um, luckily everyone that, that we know directly is, is safe and well, and thanks to the literally dozens of people that tweeted, emailed, called us on Skype, checked on Facebook and, and everything else uh, yeah, in the Indie Travel so Podcast community... Yeah, it's been really nice. Yeah, it's it has been. So it's been a, a tough time. It's still a very tough time uh, for all New Zealanders, I think. And um, yeah, wishing everyone down in Christchurch and those directly affected by it all the best. Yeah, yeah. We've heard some good stories coming out of it. Like I did send me an email today about a guy who has an artesian well in his backyard because most of Christchurch is without water at the moment. It's still at least 50%. For a while it was 80%. And he's just... Um, kind of rigged up, you know, kind of a, a New Zealand style machine to kind of pump the water out of his backyard and into the into the street. So anyone who wants to can come and come and get some water, mm. which is really nice. Well, what else have we been up to this week? Well we went hiking. We started trying to get back into some hiking. Um we're going every Thursday out to the Waitakere Ranges, which is a forest near well, kind of part of Auckland, but only about 35, 40 minutes drive from the centre of town. So I finished work about three thirty, Craig fixed me up. We're out there by four, hmm. walking by quarter past. It's awesome. Yeah, and I've been spending most of my days behind the laptop screen working on the Art of Couples Travel, which is a follow-up to our ebook artofsolotravel.com. And so hopefully Art of Couples Travel at artofcouplestravel.com, this, this is very all still inventive. very, very inventive, <laughs> um, will be hopefully out in March or maybe April. So we're, we're pushing to get the manuscript done. Uh, it's it's turning into a great book. It's all about how to hold a relationship together on the road. Yeah, we've we've done it so far. <laughs> <laughs> Five years and counting. Let's keep counting. <laughs> Don't forget that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. Visit indietravelpodcast.com slash flights, slash hotels, slash hostels, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. We also have travel deals updating daily at indietravelpodcast.com slash deals. And you can visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online or get a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or IndieTravelPodcast.com slash audiobook. 
when you visit these links, it really does make a make a difference to our ability to sustain the site and keep traveling. So thank you very much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. So we recently spent three weeks in Moine, which is a beach town in Vietnam. We were planning on spending quite a lot more time in Asia, but we didn't in the end. We only had two months and we really needed to stop for a while and get some work done. And we chose Moine because we'd heard that it was nice. And um, we basically arrived in Asia, got into KL, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, flew up to Ho Chi Minh City and then went straight out to, to Moine. So three weeks. That was us. We we're going to be stopped. We we're going to be working. But it was nice. It was a nice place. What do you What do you think? Yeah, it was good. It was very different to how I imagined it Me from uh, reading guidebooks and, and reading kind of other reports online. And so I thought it would be a, a pretty interesting topic for a podcast because there seemed to me anyway to be quite a big disconnect about the way it's described and the way we experienced it. So what did you imagine it as? Well, it's described everywhere as um, kind of a beautiful beach resort. And so I was imagining, I don't know, maybe something a little bit more like Waikiki in, in Hawaii. I was expecting more glitz, um, kind of more more services mm -hmm. on the beach um kind of stretch on the balcony and then fall over into the sand kind of thing uh -huh. and i expected it to be somewhat bigger and and just overall more glitzy but really it was very small very underdeveloped mm -hmm. and um even the the kind of big resort type things were still not really big resorts they were quite small weren't they yeah and so i was just i was expecting like a, a glitzy rather expensive place to be and yet it was more like a, a little surf town with some medium kind of medium range hotels stretching along the beach yeah um well let's let's describe the town a little bit first sure. so basically moine is one big long street one street and it's kind of one block back from the beach But that block is taken up with like hotels and resorts and all that kind of thing. And there's actually not very much access to the beach. You can either walk through a resort or there's one or two walkways, kind of seven or eight kilometers away from each other. So it's really actually quite difficult to get to the beach if you're not staying on the beach side of the road. Mm. So we were staying on the non-beach side of the road. Basically, the road is lined with stuff, resorts, hotels, restaurants, All sorts of things. And now we're talking several kilometers It's long. It's really, 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 really long. Really long. And um, down one end, there's kind of more shops and it's a bit more expensive. The restaurants are a bit nicer. As you walk along, there's kind of a bit of nothing for a while. Just, you know, uh, a few resorts, but they're bigger. And then you keep on going and you get to another kind of area where there's more, more restaurants. And they're, mm. they're a bit cheaper and I found nicer, actually. Yeah, that was kind of the backpacker side of things. But yeah, how we found value for money was actually nicer down the backpacker side of things than, than up around the, the more expensive resorts. Yeah, and if you continued along the road for like another, I don't know, 20 kilometers, you get to the Moine Fishing Village, which is where the locals live, and which is completely, completely different to the kind of backpacker tourist area where we were staying. And you probably wouldn't want to stay in the, the fishing village area anyway, because, you know, it's kind of dirty and icky. It was, yeah. I went to the market thinking, oh, yeah, cool, we'll, we'll go to the market and it'll be nice. It just wasn't. It was probably the nastiest market I've ever been to. Yeah, especially for a place with a reasonably large population. I mm. mean, 
small, 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 small town markets, you get what you get. But there, there were quite a few people there, yeah. and it just didn't seem know. very clean. It, there were lots of flies. The, the people were lovely. They were very friendly. Oh, yeah. All the, well, I loved the girls going past in their white uniforms on their bikes, waving and saying hello, and you know, trying their three words of English on us. It was nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely a very friendly place, but. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend heading down to that market if, you, um, if you've got a, a weak stomach. Well, um, shall we do a few practicalities then when we're talking about Moine? Um, now I've given a bit of a description. Mm-hmm. So uh, how would one get there? Well, the easiest way to get there is from Ho Chi Minh City, also known as Saigon. It's maybe four or five hours in the bus. Mm-hmm. We just headed down to the backpackers district of the city, and there were so many... Uh, travel agents trying to sell you bus tickets so there are lots and lots of travel agents all trying to sell you the same service basically it costs about five or six us dollars so not very much and you basically just have to choose what time of day you want to go um there's a service that goes overnight because it's a night bus from ho chi minh city to hanoi i think but don't take that one because you'll end up arriving at like one or two in the morning which is definitely not worthwhile yeah because no one will be open yeah i think we left about one 1 p.m. and we arrived six seven o'clock so it was getting dark yeah it was it was it was just on dark Mm -hmm. but um the bus company we were with dropped us off across the road from where we were staying so if you've got something booked in advance even if it's just for the first night or two they are normally pretty good about dropping you off where you want to go yeah it's really good and i definitely recommend you book your accommodation just the first night in advance because a lot of people kept showing up at our place going oh have you got somewhere to stay you've got a free room and they didn't they just didn't hey um and it wasn't really high season we were in the in the the wet season so yeah i mean if you don't know where you're going to be staying you're going to be dropped off outside the most expensive resorts and you're going to be a couple of k's away from the kind of cheaper backpacker area but um, exactly what Linda said is true, even though it wasn't the busy season, it was actually the wet season, the monsoon season when we were there, places like the, the clean budget places were packed. Mm-hmm. So it does pay to call and book ahead. Now, we found it really difficult researching online. Normally, we go to IndieTravelPodcast.com slash hostels, which goes through to our partners, hostel, uh, HostelBookers.com. They didn't even list Moine as a destination. Neither did uh, HostelWorld.com or any of the other sites we tried. It's like Moine doesn't exist online. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what we did end up doing was going to our favorite site for Southeast Asia, which is Travelfish. Travelfish is awesome. So we looked on Travelfish for recommendations and then had to call to reserve a room because they don't have a a booking engine on there. And that worked quite well. And... um, it seems that at least one person at each hotel or guest house speaks English, which is great. Uh, we stayed at Mellow for our first two nights, which for six US dollars a night for a double room with a shared bathroom was um, not bad. No, not bad. Three dollars per person per night. And uh, that came with a mosquito net, which yeah. was uh, an added bonus because there were a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah, and we were a bit concerned about diseases because we hadn't got a lot of jabs. So um, we decided to wander around and look for something that we that we liked more. This place was fine, but it wasn't where we wanted to stay. There wasn't anywhere to work. The Wi-Fi was very, very erratic. In fact, that's where my computer died. Mm. It was sad. 
I blame Mellow. And so we wandered around looking for something that had everything we needed. We wanted a private bathroom, we wanted Wi-Fi, and we wanted a way to make coffee in the mornings. Because although going out for coffee in the mornings is very nice, I actually don't like facing anyone before I have my first coffee. So we um, we found a small one with, with no bar. It was set off the road on the um, non-beach side, and it cost us 10 US dollars a night. So we were quite happy with that because we'd seen a similar one on the beach side, and that was uh, 35 US dollars a night. So I think we got quite a good deal. Yeah, I mean, that definitely balances out, you know. Um, we have to walk across the road to the beach. We didn't get beach views, which was mm. a bit of a shame. Yeah. Um, but I think things like traffic noise would be identical, um, proximity to shops, of course, and yeah. restaurants would be identical. But, um, yeah, it's a major saving if you don't feel the need to, to watch the sunset every day. Yeah, and it was it was lovely. I mean... One thing we found interesting about Moine is that once a week the electricity goes out. So I would be outside sitting in my nice little chair on the phone and the Wi-Fi would just suddenly cut out because that was the electricity done for the day. So I don't think that was something to do with our our guest house. I think that was no. just a, a standard. Yeah, and, and um, definitely something you need to be aware of if you're planning on using Moine as a base to do some work for a little while. Yeah, one one of the days when it went out, I hadn't charged the computer and I was sitting outside talking to a friend on Skype and I was planning to go inside and plug in the computer, you know, when the battery ran out. But um, when I went inside to plug it in, there was there was no power. Yeah, and, and there my, was no battery life. There was no battery life and my iPod had run out of batteries as well and it was just... So sad. It was so sad. I couldn't do anything. I'm like, Craig woke up and I'm like, I'm sorry, darling. <laughs> so we had a day off. We had a virtual Sunday. Yeah, virtual Sundays were good. And a virtual Sunday in Moine is quite nice because it may be one of the most relaxed places that I've been in Asia. It was so lovely. We didn't, there weren't that many people trying to sell you stuff, which I loved. If you went into a shop, people didn't even talk to you they weren't trying to sell you things they're just like oh, if you want to buy something you'll buy it yeah, if you want to buy something you can look around for me for five minutes while i hide from you yeah then you might be able to buy it yeah yeah but um although there were obvious markups in in products it was never extortionate we never had a, a bad tout experience in moine um and that's more than we can say for most of the places that that we've been to in asia mm-hmm yeah, and eating out is so cheap. I mean, you can definitely afford to eat out for dinner and lunch and breakfast too if you want. I mean, we didn't. We uh, made coffee at home because our guest house owner was kind enough to supply us with a kettle. We bought one of these Vietnamese coffee-making filter things. It's got like six pieces, and it. it's like a little jigsaw puzzle to, to put together. And I always burned my hand, and I always spilled coffee all over the, the top of the fridge. But, you know, we got coffee, and that was good. <laughs> <laughs> And well, I, I ate uh, coconut cakes for breakfast, which was so delicious. Mm, they were they were less than a dollar each, weren't they? They were so cheap, it wasn't funny. I'd go and buy two, and I'd eat half of one for my breakfast, and then we'd have the other a quarter each for um, for morning tea. That was really yeah, good. That was cool. Now, um, a meal will probably set you back around 5 to $10 for a couple, or if you're a big eater, probably 5 to $10 just for you, mm-hmm. but... I remember one night we went out and we had an entree each and then we had a main each and then I had, and we both had a a beer with the meal and then I think I had a cognac afterwards and Linda had a cocktail and the whole thing came to about 12 US dollars. Yeah. So um, that's kind of the, the prices you're looking at there. It's easy to budget 
about 25 US dollars a day for two people to live mm -hmm. in very nice style. Yeah, we were quite happy with it. The one thing that was not so great was that um, doing things was expensive. We decided we wanted to learn to windsurf, and there was also a couple of mini golf courses. But both of those were really, really expensive. And we were like, well, everything else is so cheap and friendly and nice. And then windsurfing and, and mini golf, just completely outside of our price range. Yeah, now when we're saying this, it costs about 50 New Zealand dollars, uh, sorry, 50 US dollars to go and do a windsurfing lesson with gear hire down in one of the beaches around Auckland. It was going to cost 80 US dollars for the same kind of thing in Moine. So it's a country where the people doing the actual training and things are obviously being paid a lot less than they would be here in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, the gear prices, I'm assuming, will be similar, um, if not cheaper in Asia. And yet the prices were about double. And yeah. that to me just smacked of of well of corruption or someone else milking all the profits out of the local economy because yeah. looking at the the people that were doing the lessons they you know they weren't obviously receiving 500 US dollars an hour for the people hiring their stuff yeah it was really sad mm. and the mini golf the, it was just badly priced there was no one it was never anyone there because everyone thought it was too expensive and the locals certainly couldn't afford to go and go and do it i think it was no. like eight dollars per person or something like that. so we yeah. went once we were the only people on the course. Yeah. We walked past there every day. We never saw anyone else playing. If they'd, if they'd made it cheaper, we would have gone every day or, you know, three times a week. Yeah. But, you know, so there's, there's a weird, um, I don't know, there's a weird economy, almost a, a two-part economy. Yeah. Um, and as always, we don't recommend you barter things down to the lowest possible price. But you look for ways to pay a, a fair price wherever you are and whatever activities you're doing. Yeah. Other things you can do, well, there's a, a cooking school, which might be worth going to. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that the cooking school is in line with other cooking schools in Asia, so not as cheap as you might expect, but not as cheap as you might expect, but not unreasonable. I think it was 20 US dollars or something like that for a lesson. Mm. And um, yeah, you can always browse the shops, although me being a European-sized person, it can be a bit soul-destroying, you know, trying on a pair of 4XL shorts and them not fitting. <laughs> because they were too big, right? <laughs> you're very sweet <laughs> so um yeah now another thing that we did which we thought was was quite fun was a crazy half day tour um of the the sites of moine and around it was awesome it was called the moine tour and it was yeah definitely the best thing we did during our time there it was a, a half day tour i think we left at one o'clock you could choose to either go out for the sunrise or for the sunset. And uh, we chose the sunset because we didn't really want to get up at four o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. Yeah. So I think we met at about one o'clock and we came back around 6.30 or 7 o'clock. Yeah. And we got to do all sorts of things. First of all, we went to the Ferry Falls, which involved being dropped off at one end of a river, having to walk up the river. Now, by up the river, I mean we got into the river and walked along it for about 40 minutes. And it was only because we had read up on someone else's blog about the tour that we knew that we were meant to walk up the river. There was, yeah. there was no explanation. Oh, so. no, no. We got, we got taken to the river and then got pointed up the river 
and everyone's kind of going, what, what, what? And then I remember that I'd read about this on um, Lily's site saying that she had she'd done it. And I was like, oh, that's right, we need to get in the river. And so I got in the river and everyone's looking at me as if I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, no, this is what we're supposed to do. <laughs> and it was quite nice because the ground was soft underneath. It was like a nice sand. And then we walked up there. I had my, We had nice conversations with our Jeep mates. Saw the falls, they weren't very impressive. But the walk was really nice. And then came back and got back in the Jeep to the next destination, which was the... Uh, the, sand dunes. the white sand dunes, right? Because mm. there were the white sand dunes and the red sand dunes. And at the white sand dunes, we went dune boarding, yep. sand boarding. Now, uh, a quick tip here. You can uh, pay a couple of dollars to get a sandboard when you first get off your Jeep. Or you can do the 10-minute walk to the top of the sand dunes and pay the same price. Yeah, there are people <laughs> around with them, so... If you want to carry it for 10 minutes up a hill, you go for it. Yeah, but it's exactly the same price. And you can't really barter them down. I think it's like a dollar oh, or $2 or something. Negligible, yeah. And then we returned back to the Jeep and we got taken to the Red Sand Dunes. But we also stopped off at a, a couple of quite cool sites. Like along the way, we stopped and saw the fishing village. And we also saw this cool cave. And yeah, it was just mm. really nice. Yeah, just some little photo opportunities, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was a really cool half day. Uh, If memory serves me right, it cost about $10 per person. And uh, yeah, it was a a fun way to to spend an afternoon if you didn't want to spend it just sitting on the beach watching the the kite surfers and the the wind surfers roll by. There were quite a lot of tours on offer, half day and day tours. Mm. But that was the one we had recommended to us. And we went into the tourist office and asked them what they thought we should do. You know, so yep. from the sellers, they said that was the one. So, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Yeah. Now, before we finish up, uh, we really should mention the reason that um, we found kite surfing and windsurfing to be far too expensive in Moine. It's because apparently it's the best beach in the world to do these sports. Now, your mileage may vary. For us, um, it just really wasn't worth it. But apparently, at about the same time every day, the weather conditions with an offshore wind become perfect for windsurfing and uh, kiteboarding. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of why Moine's been built up as a resort destination. It's got a, a reasonable white sand beach. It's certainly very quiet during the monsoon season. But the reason it gets packed and the reason that many people go is in order to do these water sports. So if you are into it, if that's a reason that you're going, I'd consider taking your own gear with you um, because, you're, yeah, if you want to spend a lot of time out in the water, the rates are quite high. Yeah, yep. and if you have your own gear, then it's probably worth taking with you. Mm. All right, I think we'll finish up there. Um, yeah, apart from saying to get, to get away from Moine, you can either head up the coast towards Hanoi or back to Ho Chi Minh City, which is what we did. Mm-hmm. Really easy to buy the tickets and, you know, you won't have any problems with that. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of community wisdom before we finish up. On site this week at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash community, we've had an early discussion of the Christchurch earthquake. Kirsty's looking for advice for European city breaks. David tells us how he keeps his travel journal going. We wrap up a conversation on travel clothing brands. David is heading to the New York Travel Show. David, we want to hear back from you on that one. Steve wonders what tech to take on the coach from London to Vienna. And uh, we put up some photos from uh, Linda's brother's trip to Antarctica and from the Auckland Lantern Festival. So if you haven't seen those, then uh, come by and check out the galleries. They're awesome. 
And don't forget, you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hotels, slash hostels, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And we also have travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. You can also visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online or get great trial bonuses from our partners. Download a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash audiobook. And get a two-week $1 trial of the Travel Hacking Cartel at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Travel Hacking. For some non-monetary ways of helping us out, tell all your friends about Indie Travel Podcast, invite them to our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash IndieTravel, or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. Mm, and don't forget the poll on site now. Please uh, come by the homepage and uh, fill that out and leave some stars by the things that you'd like to see us develop. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well. <laughs>